Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. David looking at his life from a shepherd boy. He looks out, a couple million people. He sees all his gold, all these jewels, all, I mean everything. And look what he says. You see, he knows where he came from. And he also knows how many times he failed God. If you ever get prideful, just remember how many times you've had to ask God to forgive you. We really are nobodies. But God's grace makes us somebody. King David led by example when it came to offerings and giving with a willing heart. His son, his people, they all saw David's heart for the Lord through his giving spirit. When others see his giving of our time, our talents, our resources, there's an opportunity for them to see the heart of God. Because it's not in our flesh to be giving. If you're a professing believer, then you must illuminate truth in all areas of your life. As Pastor Mark takes us through 1 Chronicles to the end of David's life, we'll see David praising the Lord, not for his wealth or victories, but for the hope that God brings in his strength and majesty. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, with today's study. You see, that's what happens often when we leave church. Ooh, good thing I'm a nobody. I'm even a selfish nobody. I'm going to do something about that someday. Look what David says. He says, who is willing to consecrate yourself when? Now. Start now. Why? Because the enemy comes And a million things come between now and then. That's why you'll hear me challenge when I give an altar call. And I say to you that are Christians, you pray. And I want to challenge you. You pray when there's altar calls. That's life and death in the house. You pray. And you never want somebody to come when God hasn't spoken to the heart. But you don't want them to put off when God has spoken to their heart. That's why the scripture says, what day is the day of salvation? Today. Today. So even as you leave tonight... And I leave tonight. Man, Pastor Mark told me that I'm building a temple for God. How am I doing? Couple ouches. Deal with it. That's what it's about. See, notice what David says, which is the key to all life. He says, how many are willing to consecrate your money today? Is that what he says? How many are willing to consecrate your wife today? Or your husband? Or somebody else? No. How many are willing to consecrate what? Yourself. You see, when God has your money, it has to come first because he has what? You. You. See, many people give money, but they don't give for the right attitude. Romans 12.1. Let's turn there. Romans 12. Remember, Today we hear a lot about this. 
We hear a lot about this name it and claim it. God wants you rich. It's an easy life, whatever. You see none of that in the Bible. It's totally false. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Here's Paul basically saying exactly the same thing that David said back in 1 Chronicles. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your wallets. No, your bodies as living sacrifices. What does a living sacrifice mean? It means that you go on doing it. You see, some people say, okay, if God wants me, then I'm, all right, here you are, God. I guess that's the end of my joy and happiness. I'm going to dedicate myself to you, whatever you want to do with my life. What a miserable way to live. It's a dead sacrifice. He says, as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. It comes because I've taken myself and laid myself on the altar. And I said to God, remember the song, I'm yours, Lord, everything I've got, I'm yours, Lord. I'm just yours. Just use me. See, we have today, I love this quote, give me a nice, low-cost, low-maintenance religion. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to his disciples? Come on, got this low-cost, low-maintenance religion. Come follow me, we're going to the cross. That doesn't add up. Not at all. Jesus said this, you come follow me with everything you got, because it's going to cost you everything, but it's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. When he made that statement, many walked away. Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Many walked away. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know, that's what we're doing tonight. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What we're talking about there is syncretism. It's simply trying to alert, take two life views and, and merge them into one. Trying to have our cake and eat it too. You can't worship God on one hand and mammon on the other and mix them. It doesn't work. So you've got to offer yourself, all of yourself, to God. Now, go back to First Chronicles 29. Notice what happens. This is very important. When the leader sets the example, watch what happens. When the head leader set the example... You're going to see that the other leaders give, and then the people give. Look at verse 6. Then the leaders of families and the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave, circle the word, willingly. And they gave toward the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 ecrys of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, and 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. You say, why is that in the Bible? Because they gave, and it shows how much they gave. Any who had precious stones gave them to the treasure of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehael the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced. Remember, we have to learn to enjoy giving. 
That's hard because we have a selfish nature. Every area, it's kind of an attitude adjustment for all of us. If you're in some places, we would use this as a great kickoff pattern to a building project. And I would have envelopes for you as you leave. By the way, I do have them at this door and that door. No, and I'm not, I'm not talking against them. I don't mean that. But see, you can't manipulate people into giving. So many people have talked to me just recently that they used to, they hadn't been in church in a long time because somebody gave them an envelope and said, you have to pay this due to the church. No, there's not dues to the church. If you're here tonight and you go through this and say, tithes, that's Old Testament. Yeah, that's before the law. I wouldn't give 10% of my money. Fine. Who's losing? God isn't. You think God's broke? You think we're losing? No, we're not losing at all. Who's losing? You are. You got to want to give. And you guys do. And the world can understand it. They, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's because God's ways are not man's ways. Doesn't make sense. Just give. So here they gave. The New Testament says each man should give what he's desiring to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When I walk in here today and see all the people working yesterday and whatever, the joy that's there, it's wonderful. Do you know what? It's rubbing off on the kids. And it's rubbing off on parents who aren't Christians, who come and go, wow. You know what really impresses me? Some guys at work take off work to come. That's unheard of in our world. They're not being paid. They've taken off their hours, their vacation time to come and work. Is that awesome or what? That's God. That's because hopefully we as leaders have set the example. And you know when we started this church, I'm not here to toot my own horn at all, but many of us never took any money. We just worked our regular jobs and, and served you for lots of And I could have really, after the first three or four months, I could have taken a salary. And many other people have could have. But we just wanted to serve you. And I believe God's honored that, honors it to, to this day. And that's still going on. There's no paycheck for those people. They just love to give. You say, well, it goes against my nature. Well, I know it does. Get rid of your nature. Be renewed. <laughs> Verse 10. And David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord. God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom you are exalted as head over all. Verse 12, you want a circle. Wealth and honor come from, come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your Hands, our strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. By the way, you think you're somebody? In those same hands, our power to take you or I down like that. And that's what the book of Proverbs says. You get prideful. I'm the reason for the success. I'm the reason for my money. I'm the reason for everything. Be careful. Because you're going to fall big time. See, it's God. You say tonight, well, I have a lot of wealth. Good. God knew you could handle it. Be generous. Use it right. Don't take the glory. Well, I don't have a lot of wealth tonight, Pastor Mark. 
God knew you couldn't handle it. <laughs> Do I believe that? I absolutely believe that. Do you know wealth destroys many people? Some of these people that are in the, run the lotteries ruins their whole life because they couldn't handle it. See, if you're generous and you're able to do that, and a good manager, God just keeps more. Because what? He's just pouring it through you. If you're absorbing, that's crazy, because here we are on the earth again. No, we just need to be that conduit. He just pours it through us. Wonderful thing. So, relax. God's in control. How, who, what, where, when. All set up by God. Whatever God's given you, handle it well. Do it rightly. Get your education. Do all those things. Wonderful. should be done. But remember, the bottom line is wealth, by the way, all comes from God. So does the honor. Verse 13. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Then David, as he's getting ready to die, he sits back and says a great statement. This is a very, just put by this statement, humble. This is, this is who we should be like. He says this. Can you imagine, David? Put yourself there. He's got the plans ready. On the right, just picture it tonight. 20-year-old son. David looking at his life from a shepherd boy. He looks out, a couple million people. He sees all his gold, all these jewels, all, I mean, everything. And look what he says. You see, he knows where he came from. And he also knows how many times he failed God. If you ever get prideful, just remember how many times you've had to ask God to forgive you. We really are nobodies, but God's grace makes us somebody. So David, looking on all of that, just like you and I, maybe your 401k or your business or your homes or whatever, David says this, look it, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. That is a great verse to remember. When we're selfish, who gave the stuff that we're selfish to give? God gave it to us in the first place. Without it, we'd have nothing. We'd have absolutely nothing. So what David is saying is this, I'm so humbled. Everything I have is coming from you. By the way, that includes our talent, our time, our education, all of that. I'm just humble, God. You're everything. Remember what James 1.17 says? Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So God is a good God. He's not mad at us. He's not stingy. He loves to give good things to his kids, but he loves to give good things to the kids who are humble and givers and enjoy giving. And you guys are those kind of people. Verse 15, we are aliens and strangers in your sight, as were our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Jim Elliott said this, and I want to remind you about life. David is near his death. So he's thinking, all this stuff really doesn't matter. Because you came into this world, as the southerners say, naked. And as the northerners said, you're going to go out naked. 
It might sound different, but it's the same way. We're going to go with nothing. We came in with nothing. Life is fleeting. Jim Elliott says this, great missionary who died, he is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. You see, don't hold on to things tightly. I mean, it's a waste. Just continue to be givers as you are. Remember, we're just dust. We're going back to dust. But then we're going to go to heaven. And I want my motives to be right. I want to be judged properly. I know there's plenty of wood hand stubble in my life. But I'm praying with God's help. There's some gold, some precious stuff. Verse 17. I know, my God, that you test the heart, circle it, and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. I love it. I hope in my strengths as a leader, you pick up on those. I hope in my weaknesses, you just bypass them all. That's what we hope as parents, but guess what? We pass some weaknesses on too. David says this, there's something, God, when you judged my heart, you saw integrity. The real me. One of Chick Swindoll's leadership traits is this, the importance of uncompromising integrity. Can you be trusted? Is your word all truth? At work, wherever you may work, all at home, wherever you work, you're doing it with excellence for God. Are you using your time wisely? Are you using your talents wisely? You see, that's integrity. It's wherever we're at, we're real. The boss doesn't need to be there because the boss is always there. He's living in our heart. We need to be people. And that's what David says. Man, you've tested my heart, and there's a few times, God, you had to deal with me. How often David would say, look at my heart, look at my heart, look at my heart, look at my heart. Because he knew. Verse 18, O Lord, our God of our father Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this desire in the hearts of your people forever. And keep their hearts loyal to you. In other words, God, keep them generous and giving. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, requirements, decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. By the way, verse 19 is another great prayer for you parents to pray for your children and your grandchildren. That your children will be that way. Then verse 20, we see the importance of unified, joyful, corporate praise. Then David said to the whole assembly, praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord and the God of their fathers. They bowed low and fell prostrate before the Lord and the king. It's a good thing to be together corporately praising God. There's just something special about corporate prayer, praise. And verse 21, the next day they made sacrifices to the Lord and presented burnt offerings to him. Think of this. Put yourself there. One thousand bulls. A thousand rams and a thousand male lambs, together with their drink offerings and other sacrifices, in abundance for all Israel. They ate and drank with what? Great joy in the presence of the Lord that day. 
Then they acknowledged Solomon, son of David, as king second time and anointed him before the Lord to be ruler and Zadok to be priest. Notice verse 22. They ate and drank with great joy in the presence of the Lord. If you want to do a little devotion tomorrow morning, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47. That's the cry of my heart. That's the thing that will change our community more than anything else, is that when we come, we're filled with the joy of the Lord. In the early church, the joy of the Lord was kind of the sounding thing that people just wanted to come because I want to get to that place. I want to get there early. I want to get in there and I want to hear the praise. If there's great joy and the power of the Lord's here and the word spoken, forget it. Everything else is going to fall into place. And that's what happened. I don't know about you, but I sense a new spirit. God's doing some neat things in our lives. And just to see all of you here tonight, start inviting some other friends. This is the joy of the Lord. It's a, we can leave here tonight, even after we've been cut open, whatever, and go, God, you're still good. I mean, I can get in the car and drive home. You're good, God. You're wonderful. And that's what happened. Great joy was there. Verse 23, so Solomon sat down on the throne of the Lord as king in place of his father David, and he prospered, and all Israel obeyed him. And all the officers and mighty men, as well as all of King David's son, pledged their, here's the S word, submission to King Solomon. Submission is absolutely necessary in the home, in the church, and in your life. This church will never go forward if there's division in the leadership. By the way, there isn't. And that's why God's blessed us. You see, if there's unity, God loves unity. He hates disunity. Your home will never go forward if there's disunity. He's always after that. How can two walk together unless they agree? And by the way, your life will never go forward if you're trying to live in two worlds. That's synchronism. Have your cake and eat it too. No, you have to be sold out to God. You have to take up a cross, deny ourselves, and follow Him. Verse 25, the Lord highly exalted Solomon in the sight of all Israel bestowed on him royal splendor such as no king over Israel ever had. Now here are the finishing words on the life of David. David's son of Jesse was king over all Israel. And he ruled over Israel 47 years in Hebron, 37, 33 years in Jerusalem. He died a good old age. I like that, huh? Sounds like it must have been from Alcadia, Florida or something. A good old age. He died at a good old age. Having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor, his son Solomon succeeded him as king. As for the events of King David's reign from beginning to end, they are written in the records of Samuel the seer, the records of Nathan the prophet, and the records of Gad the seer, together with the details of his reign and power and the circumstances that surrounded him in Israel and all the kingdoms of the other land. Look back at verse 28. What a way to go. He died at a good old age. He enjoyed life. He had wealth from God. And he had honor. He was a nobody that became a somebody in the kingdom of God by remembering that he was a nobody. Let's fear God. Let's get wise. Let's enjoy life. As David came to the end of his life, we heard his life described as good and honorable, which is what really matters. More than riches, more than fame, Pastor Mark shared how, in the end, we are only accountable to God. We should consider what we're working for. Everything we have here is temporary and given by the Lord. 
we were reminded not to hold on to things too tightly, or in the end, we'll just be clutching dust. Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series the next time you join us. For those of you that like to have CD archives of Bible teachings, we'd like to offer you a CD of Pastor Mark's message from today. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5. This is only to cover the materials and shipping it takes for you to receive your CD. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option. Now, here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 2270. And this message was taught from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Again, the message number from today's broadcast is 2270. And today's message was taught from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we begin a new book. We hope you've received revelation and encouragement through this study of First Chronicles, where we heard about David's rule as king of Israel, and that you were able to take and apply the words to your own life. Continue with us as we move through the words, seeking to know and honor the Lord with our lives. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching in God's Word. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 